CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Right now in OA, a monster week on top for earnings from the four horsemen of tech to the mega cap industrials to a few staples. We'll go inside the numbers, get you ready for the action. Plus, a big Mac food fight, Mickey D's, Chipotle and Domino's all out with the results. Should you bet on a burrito blowout or prepare to get flattened in the pizza trade? And later, we'll take a look back at a terrible week for Tesla. We'll also check in on the trade we put in ahead of the, this week's results. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Options Action Live from the Nasdaq market site. On the desk tonight, my co, Carter Worth and Brian Sutland. We start off with a deep dive into the monster week of earnings on deck. More than a third of the S&P reporting results, as well as nearly a quarter of the Russell 3000. Everything from big tech to industrials to energy, pharma, and much more. We'll start off with the big tech names. Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, and Meta all up next week. More than $5 trillion worth of market cap between them. This could set the tone for where the market goes next. The chart master is here to take a look at the group's next moves. Carter, what do you think? Right, so, so much hangs in the balance here. It's the reason you keep seeing the market. And this week, another unsh, uh, week every day, just a little bit up, a little bit down, because the news will inform the direction. This is elemental. Everyone knows it. And for every person that is playing for a big move or continuation of strength in Apple and Microsoft and Google and all the big ones, there's someone else who's positioned for, hey, listen, you fade this thing. NVIDIA is already priced in. So um, individually, the charts are a little bit different, and we can go through them. But um, Microsoft in many ways has, has, has a well-defined bottom, but it's, it's ahead of itself. And in, in my case, I think you faded here, at least sell calls, do something. Um, but uh, each one is different. Uh, if you were to look at, and this is important actually, look at this chart. This is, this is, um, this is the relative performance of the Qs to the S&P. So it took COVID because everything else was so bad to make the Qs finally recoup all their losses since the dot-com peak. And then now we're sitting here churning and stuck. My hunch is that these stocks are not what lead us in the next cycle. All right. So let's drill down here on the four biggies next week, Amazon, Alphabet, Meta, and Microsoft. We'll start off with Microsoft reporting on Tuesday. Shares up nearly 20% this year. You heard the technical take from Carter, Mike. So what do you think about this report? Yeah, so uh, it's interesting. Amazon and Microsoft both have some similar dynamics going on because they both have ex significant exposure to the cloud. And Amazon was talking about those AWS layoffs. Presumably, some of that same impact is going to hit Azure. The flow that we saw this week on the options side, and right now the options market is actually not implying a really big move for this one, about 3.5% after uh, we're just talking about the day after they report earnings relatively light, was really bi-directional. So we did see some May 260 put purchases, but we also saw a big June 290, 330 call spread trade. So people are taking advantage of those low options premiums, uh, probably to hedge some of the gains for those that are or to make hedged bets to the upside. I think a lot of people feel pressure to own this space, but they're, they're being cautious when they're doing it. Yeah, volatility has remained tame, <laughs> to put it nicely. I mean, basically depressed, uh, Brian, and that really, you know, allows you to do these kinds of trades. What did you think of that action? 
Well, it's kind of interesting because I kind of agree. We've seen volatility come down, meaning the price of options have gotten cheaper to the point where maybe it's time to start to look to own those. Uh, volatility, you know, the VIX itself under 20, spikes under 20. So those volatility index is showing that that premium makes it reasonable to sort of own these trades here and protect yourself by being long options. And, and you know, to Microsoft's point and to Carter's point, Microsoft very highly correlated with the NASDAQ 100, almost is a one-to-one -one correlation with it. So if there sort of is this rotation where Microsoft isn't the leader, I probably want to own a call or protect my long stock by owning a put in case there's a, a leader that comes from some other sector here. Although Microsoft certainly big balance sheet, sheet low interest rate environment right now with the 10-year getting closer to 3.5% if it sits around there. That's favorable for Microsoft, usually in a macro environment. So we'll see how this shakes out. But obviously earnings next week is going to make a big difference in this stock. All right, let's get to Amazon now reporting Thursday after the bell shares up nearly 30% this year. There's a little bit of everything for, for people out there, Mike, with, with Amazon results. You're going to look at business enterprise spending when it comes to, to cloud, and you're also going to look at consumer um, when it comes to you know, its discretionary business. Yeah, and, and actually that contributes, I think, to the fact that the options market is expecting a bigger move for Amazon, about 6.5% after they report. So, uh, you know, about double what they're expecting from Microsoft, even though they do have some businesses in parallel. You know, I think Amazon's struggling a little bit on the grocery side. I think that's uh, something that, but I don't think that's that big a portion of their business. You know, they didn't really make as much profits on the retail side when it was gangbusters for everybody. And now retail, I think, is under increasing pressure as consumers come under pressure. That sort of creates some headwinds. Yet still, we did see some uh, bullish flow overall for the week. And I think, uh, you know, this is one of those situations where, you know, these four companies we're talking about, I think it's important to remember, it's about 13 and a half percent of all the S&P earnings. If we think the S&P is going to make about 217, 220 bucks for the year, these four companies that we're talking about right now, they represent about 13 and a half percent of that. So uh, I'm actually kind of fascinated by the fact that the S&P volatility has been exceptionally low this week. We saw single digit implied volatility in SPX options, too. All right, Carter, your quick take on Amazon's chart. Yeah, to me, a laggard that's catching up. He's not kept up with Apple, Microsoft. I think you play this one long. Hmm. All right, Meta is out with results on Wednesday. The social media giant up more than 75 percent this year. Brian, what do you think of this one? Yeah, I think when you look at Meta, you know, it's really been a play, almost an anti-TikTok play. That's one thing. Also, telecom, if you look at the whole sector in general, which ironically, Meta actually is a value stock in the S&P 500 value in communication services. That's all played very strongly to the upside. It's had a big run. It's probably about time to maybe look to take some profit here, though. I think it's gotten a little too far, a little too fast. And, you, you know, you mentioned some of these other big, huge names. The MAGA stocks, Microsoft, Apple, Google, Amazon. I'd rather be in those than probably a meta at this point. Do the charts support that? Take your profits? Mark? I think so. You're talking about something, you know, more than doubling. And uh, why not? Take some off. All right. Let's round this out uh, with Alphabet. Mike, you've got a strategy on this one. Yeah. You know, this is one of the ones where I think options are very reasonably priced. So is the stock, actually. Around 18 times earnings is cheaper than the market. I mean, this is a place I think you want to be long. We did see some pretty good-sized call buying. It was uh, just going out to May. Uh, and I think that makes a lot of sense here, you know, given the uh, premiums that we're seeing. Those options are really not that expensive. So I think you just want to buy calls outright. The May 115s, we saw big blocks of those trading. They were paying about $1.12 for those. And I, I actually am inclined to go along with that. I, you know, this is one of the names that I do like better. I heard Karen mentioning it in the last half hour. And this is just a cheap way to play for uh, some additional upside. Give yourself a little bit of time to expiration. You're not just playing that earnings week. Right. 
Yeah, Google's been one of those names. It's, it's lagged behind Apple and Amazon and, and Microsoft. So it might have some catch up to do. And, and like I mentioned earlier at the head of the show, buying calls or buying puts really with, with volatility suppressed really makes a lot of sense. And I, and I like the trade that Mike laid out. How does a chart look? Same like? circumstance as Amazon, a laggard that's bottoming, and I like it better than Apple and Microsoft. Hmm. All right. We also want to touch on some other groups reporting next week. Coca-Cola is out with results on Monday. Shares are virtually flat so far this year. But, Mike, you have a trade on this one, too. Yeah, so much like these other names that we're talking about, this is one of those names where the options premiums are exceptionally uh, low. And, you know, this is not a cheap stock, really, when you think about it. I think this thing is uh, trading around 27 times earnings and not really a grower. But if you consider the environment we're in, these kinds of staply type stocks, I think this is the kind of thing that people like to be uh, in. Uh, we did see some big short dated 66 strike calls uh, trading. I don't think that's the best way to play it, though, given where premium is. I'd actually look further out. I was looking at the June 65 calls. You could spend just over a buck to buy those. Now, understand that oftentimes in dividend paying stocks, people say, well, I'd rather own the stock. But, you know, we are finally at a point where you actually can see some interest on your deposit. So it isn't necessary. If you just were putting money into cash and you weren't getting anything on it, uh, you know, at, then it would make some more sense to take your bullish bets in these stocks by actually owning them and trying to collect the dividend. But that's less important now. So I think buying calls, keeping some cash in reserves, probably earning four, four and a half percent on your treasury portfolio there is probably a way to play this long. That's a really interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that, not having to own the stock because you don't need that dividend. You don't need that 4% or 3% where you can get 4.5% or 5% on a CD or, or whatever special bank account you have, Brian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another reason. You have volatility suppressed. You can allocate money to other places in short dated kind of stuff and get a decent amount of return and play this with basically just risking that buck there on, on something like this. And, and really, you know, we heard on the Fast Money the, the, quote, barbell approach to things. And it's really been about big balance sheet, free cash flow, names like Coca-Cola, the consumer staples. And that's why you're seeing the big tech names have such a huge run this year. Now, will that continue or will there be some sort of rotation? But I think the overall theme, if we head into a recession in the second half of the year or the Fed continues to raise rates and we sort of feel this crunch, I still think big balance sheet and free cash flow wins. And Coca-Cola is one of those names that falls in that category to continue to play to the upside. What do you think, Carter? Well, so here's the thing, a couple things. Coke's relative performance to its sector, so to Pepsi, to Clorox, to Colgate, to Procter & Gamble, other big stables, it peaked in 2011. Hmm. Uh, it's just never quite been the one to be in. And then if you see here on the screen, uh, this is a fairly well-defined series of lower highs, uh, I think it's full. I just don't see the case for being long. I would take profits if I were long. All right. Um, let's get to Boeing. They've got results out on Wednesday. Shares are up more than 7% this year. And, and with the Boeing story, Mike, it feels like two steps forward, one step back. Um, and this time it's with this uh, fuselage part from Spirit that had some issues. Yeah, you know, and, and actually sort of on pace with that this week. You know, for the first several days this week, we saw a lot of bullish flow. And then basically investors kind of turned and it actually went bearish today. Uh, a lot of the activity we were seeing in, you know, the uh, in Boeing today was actually the May 190s. That's excluding any of the option that expired today, which isn't really all that relevant. It was the May 190 puts that uh, we saw big buyers paying a little over two bucks contract for that. You know, this is, again, one of those situations where I think it's kind of difficult to uh, to be long this one or at least to do so without some sort of a hedge. And I think that's what institutions are looking at. They've obviously had quite a recovery uh, since they had those earlier lows on all of these, uh, all that bad news. But as more bad news emerges, 
you might want to think about, uh, you know, taking some profits on this one. Yeah. Brian, what do you think of Boeing? Yeah, I mean, I think investors are still feeling the pain from when all the Dreamliner issues came out. So when we get news about Boeing that has some sort of construction build or whatever kind of technical engineering issues, it usually lags on the stock. And then, you know, look at the chart. I'm sure Carter can speak to it, but the stock, you know, almost double in just a few months here. So it makes sense to take profits. It makes sense to buy puts against this thing. This might even be a position in a portfolio where that's my short position versus other longs in other places. Carter? I mean, it's messy. So the first thing is, yes, it's doubled. But what we know is, think about the epic plunge. On the COVID low, this stock had dropped from 450 to 80. Yeah. Uh, dropping 80% is serious business. And, and now we're midway back. I think it's just a pair of twos. Pair twos, meaning not, like, not good. Yeah, just, you know, it's not a good hand to bet big on. Right. All right. For everything Options Action, check out our website and our newsletter. There's much more Options Action right after this. Our earnings extravaganza continues with a fast food showdown. Burgers or pizza? Which will satisfy your portfolio better? We'll do a taste test with options. Plus... Calling all Options Action fans. Reach into your pocket, grab your phone, and tweet us your question at Options Action. If it's nice, we'll answer it on air when Options Action returns. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. Welcome back to Options Action. Investors loving McDonald's stock lately. Shares continuing to hit new all-time highs day after day. And with the fast food giant gearing up to report on Tuesday, Brian's laying out a way to bite into the name with options. Brian. Yeah, McDonald's an interesting name. Again, that free cash flow, big balance sheet, those are the kind of names I want to own, which is really consumer staples and big tech if the market is going to continue higher here. And McDonald's obviously has had a big run. It's forward PE now getting a little bit stretched. So I am getting a little concerned that, that, that a stock like this can continue to run up through 300. We have earnings coming up, obviously. I'm using options to sort of play a call spread to play to the upside to continue that. Looking at the 292 and a half, uh, 300 call spread, I can spend just a little bit under $3 for that. You know, max profit above, about five bucks. So playing to the upside, I'm not buying a call outright because I think options are about fairly priced. We see about a two and a half percent move after earnings. That's the implied move for options right now. But this at least limits some of my risk to just basically the cost of the call spread. And I'm not so certain the stock moves through 300 by earnings, given how well it's run to the upside. But I still want to play. Look, they hiked prices about 10 percent in 2022. That's been good. So analysts estimating, you know, a big boost in operating margin. That should be good for the stock. So I expect the earnings picture to be somewhat bright here to the upside. And, and you know what? I mean, those McFlurries that I get for my kids, I mean, it's starting to feel it here it's like what about five bucks for a mcflurry in the chicagoland area so desserts somewhat expensive i think the stock can still move a little bit higher but i want to use a call spread and risk less to you know sort of make more i will venture a guess mike that this is not in the holly index but what are your thoughts on this trade it most certainly is not in fact i think i was talking to uh carter earlier that if i go to mcdonald's it's something i probably need to hide from her 
Uh, that's, that's not the kind of thing that she uh, appreciates in my diet one bit. The interesting thing here is, compare this company to Microsoft. So you got two companies that are reporting next, uh, next week. Both of them are going to earn about 10 and a half, 11 bucks for the full year. Both of them are trading at a similar multiple. The difference is that one has grown four times over the last 10 years. One has grown two times. I think the, the valuation on McDonald's is, is just a little bit towards the upper end of the range, although they are doing some very good things with their app and uh, you know, with their franchising efforts. They, they really have been executing, I have to say, but it does seem a little bit rich valuation-wise. Yeah, what does the chart look like? Well, for starters, since we're confessing, we did. We <laughs> talked earlier about uh, hiding wrappers from sausage <laughs> muffin and eggs and things like this. But anyway, <laughs> to, to McDonald's itself, the chart, uh, the temptation, I think, and, and to some extent we've just heard why, is to think maybe it's a little overdone, uh, the valuation a bit stretched. But it's one thing when an individual stock is overdone, but the group is so strong. Yum is making new 52-week highs, Darden, uh, Chipotle. And so th this is an important circumstance. Um, and well, on the screen here, switching subject a bit, McDonald's has lagged something like a Domino's since Domino's IPO. Domino's is up triple uh, what a McDonald's is. Uh, and McDonald's, and you can see an all data chart coming up, since its IPO, this is one of the steadiest performers in the business, yes, and its only real drawdown was during the financial crisis. Uh, my hunch is to actually stay long McDonald's. Do you guys have like a drawer where you put these wrappers or you take the stuff in your briefcase out of the house and dump it at the corner? I mean, I, I think this, this conversation was like if you had just happened to do a drive in and then your wife just happened to get into the car, there might be a wrapper, in which case you'd be like, I don't know how that got in here. Must have been one of the kids. <laughs> yeah, it must have been one of the kids. All right. All right. Let's switch uh, before anybody gets in trouble. On the other side of the spectrum, <laughs> you're looking at pizza instead of burger. You're looking at Domino's. Had that sure. chart. Right. And so Domino's obviously greater, but uh, pizza, PZZA has been yeah. under pressure, Papa John's, Domino's. Um, I think this is the reciprocal. This is a restaurant stock to be short. Oh, to be short. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard to hide a pizza box, uh, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, though, of the trade? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think, you know, for two reasons, uh, obviously, you know, if Domino's looks like it has some, you know, decline, in, you know, topping out process in the charts that Carter laid out. And so this is why I think if you're playing sort of we talked about a long short trade here, I think long a McDonald's call spread right against sort of a Domino's. Maybe you want to put on a put spread against that would be sort of an interesting trade. So net net, you really kind of have like a neutral kind of position on. But I'm sort of playing two areas where maybe one is overextended, the other is not so much, and I'm only risking the, the value of those spreads. And so that's a great way to play options when I'm making long, short kind of bets in the marketplace. Just quick, Mike. Yeah, I mean, pizza's topping. Is that what we're actually talking about right here? I mean, I will say one quick thing about Domino's. They have grown their earnings four times you know, over, over the last 10 years, so double the growth rate of McDonald's and it is trading at 24 times, which is more reasonable valuation, but that do, that chart does look a little bit troublesome. All right, up next, the name that's dominated this week's conversation, Tesla. The big drop in shares and what is next for this stock's falling margins and falling profits. Options actions back in two. Welcome back to Options Action. Shares of Tesla dropping hard this week after the EV maker reported results on Wednesday. And last week, Mike laid out a trade anticipating just that, maybe just not that quickly. So with all the recent news about Tesla, what are you doing now, Mike? 
Yeah, I mean, this is a situation where I think you can probably take some profits. We shorted a call spread for about 34% of the distance between the, the strikes there. Uh, there's not a lot of premium left in that thing. So the risk reward relationship uh, is definitely no longer that much to get excited about. Look, I, I think Tesla still continues to operate pretty well despite the pressures. I think the whole industry is facing. I mean, it's kind of a, a super storm for them, especially with the increase in rates. And they are continuing to grow, but uh, they still have trade at it, even at this level, at a high multiple. And I think that's really the thing that's going to be the biggest headwind for them. Yeah. Um, for those of you out there who didn't see fast, um, Carter, you did go through the charts and the next level you see is still lower from here. Right. So we know that you get big movement typically in response to the news. FDA approval, not the case here. Earnings miss, earnings beat. Tesla gapped up on the 25th, 26th of January in response to a good earnings report, and it is gapped down now in response to a bad one. Ultimately, I suspect that, that gap from late January is filled, and that would come into play around 146. Yeah. Brian, would you put on a trade uh, to that effect, a bet on it going well, to 140 in the 140s? Well, I think first to Mike's trading, covering some of that short position, I think it makes sense because I think mm -hmm. it's got to move fairly big here. It's either going to sort of refill and go back up and break back above 170 or it's got some more downside to go. We own this for clients, but I'm definitely getting a little nervous. And if I'm going to put on a trade, Melissa, like you, you asked here, I'm buying a put probably to protect some of my long positions. We know so many people that own Tesla, obviously. It's a big holding in the NASDAQ 100. So if I'm going to protect that stock, I'm going to look at a 160, 155 put maybe throughout the summertime to sort of stay protected because the auto industry in general is starting to get volatile and shaky. Yep. Up next, final call. Welcome back to Options Action. Time now for the final call. Carter Braxton Worth. Amazon a laggard that's showing interesting day-to-day -day relative strength. I'm a buyer. Brian Sutland. Hide those wrappers, but buy the call spread in McDonald's. <laughs> well, now the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> Assuming the spouses watch the show. Uh, Mike? <laughs> uh, hopefully she's taking Sam to lacrosse practice right now, so she's not paying any attention to this. Uh, I do hide the wrappers. But I will tell you, implied volatility for S&P options is exceptionally cheap going into the end of next week. I think you can hedge some of the big earnings that we're going to be seeing. Your hips don't lie, though. <laughs> that does it for us here on Options Action. Back next Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mad Money with Jim Cramer starts right now. Options Action is brought to you by TD Ameritrade, where you gain access to research tools to help you sharpen your trading strategies. All opinions expressed by the Options Action participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information the Options Action participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Options Action Disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Options Action Disclaimer. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>